memory books. It's, it's just like walking into a memory book, especially, you know, all the things that have happened here. But every time I step behind this desk, because this is the same pulpit that my pastor preached over, and I heard the truth preached, and this is where I preached my first message, where, you know, my son preached his first message across this pulpit, and some of you have preached your first messages across this pulpit. So great things happen in the house of the Lord. Love it. Let's stand together this morning and just thank God. Let's thank Him for this house. Let's thank Him for what happens in the house of the Lord. Lord, we thank You today. We're so privileged to be in Your house, a house that's dedicated unto Your name. And Lord, today we just thank You for all the many wonderful things that You bless us with. Everywhere we go, all things, we get to enjoy it. But today we thank You for this house. And Lord, we ask You to bless in this house and touch in this house. And Thank you for your mercy and grace that's poured out in this sanctuary. Thank you for all that you've done for us today. We bless you, Lord. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. We're so thankful for what God's doing. So wonderful today. Just enjoying the blessings of the Lord today. Great to be here. One verse of scripture while you're standing today. and We will come to a conclusion on this series and uh, get ready to start it new series next week so we finish up uh, with this last Sunday of February and um, we'll finish up on the DNA of a disciple today one verse John 15 and 13 greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends wonderful scripture Today we will talk about the DNA of love. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we thank you today for the word of God. And Lord, so blessed by that great love that you had for us, that you gave your life, that we might be saved. Lord, today let our hearts be ready to receive your word into good ground that we might be changed. Lord, that we could be better, be more like you. And Lord, be ready to meet you when you come. We ask you today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. If you would give him one more hand clap of praise. Thankful for the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't you, don't you thank him for the love that he has for us today. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Great to see you here. Um, so when we started our series on this, we talked about in the first lesson, the priority of love that Uh, We must understand that love is not optional for the Christian, for those who are his disciples, because uh, love is the defining trait of every disciple of Jesus Christ. It must be so. That being said, we must make sure that we make love and loving others a priority. Then we talked about the measure of love, how that If we make love a priority and we have that, then it will be obvious to those around us because it won't be just what we say, it will be in what we do. And then uh, last week we talked about the endurance of love, how that once we have this love, we can, it gives us an assurance and a confidence because love endures all things. No matter what circumstance that we face serving the Lord, if we face it with love, and we have that love, we know that it will endure. Uh, many people 
say they, in this life with people, they, they say, well, they just fell out of love. But uh, his love never fails. And so um, you don't have to worry, am I going, if you have that love, you don't have to worry about falling out of love with people, with, uh, you know, with him especially. But, you know, you can love everybody when you have the love of God. You know, God will never fall out of love with you. You know, that you can't do anything to make him not love you. You can disappoint God. Yeah, we can disappoint him. And uh, and we have. I, I know I've been a disappointment. I've, I've had to say, God, forgive me. Uh, I know that was disappointing. And uh, But because he is love, he endures me. He endures us. And so... If he doesn't fall out of love with people, I don't fall out of love with them either. You know, uh, you ever thought me and God don't see eye to eye on something? Sure you have. God's always right, so you quickly learn to line up. But it's, uh, but he doesn't not love me because we don't see eye to eye. It says actually that love that he has, it helps me see his point of view. It's the goodness of God, it says, that leads us to repentance or leads us to making a change in our life, and uh, there is nothing more good than his love. And so that love will help you change your mind about where you're at, and it'll help you to get through things, and you'll soon find out that, you know, uh, love's not all just that mushy, squishy stuff, but love is enduring. It's strong. It never fails, and and as awesome and as sweet and precious as it can be, it is tough as nails. It's tough. Somebody says it's tougher than a pine knot. So that's the kind of love God's got. It's tough. It'll it'll stand up to things. It don't it don't break. And and so we saw in in the life of Jesus this love. You know, God who is love manifest in the flesh show this love, display this love in everything he did and all the conversations he had and all the miracles he performed and all the lives he changed while he walked, just a fraction of the lives that have been changed since he left this earth. And just a small portion. Now, I know the scripture tells us that the works that he did, if they were recorded, the books of the world can't contain them. So, uh, but I know that from that time, over 2,000 years ago since he left this earth, in the flesh, uh, the things he did in those three and a half years, it's just a, a fraction of what has happened in over 2,000 years of the gospel being preached and the church being the church. And I feel like that even in this age that it's even uh, progressing more because there, you, if you keep up with those kind of things, you will see that there are revivals um, everywhere and not just in this country, but in other countries where there are thousands upon thousands that are being filled with the Holy Ghost in, in crusades in one service, and, and they're baptizing you know, tens of thousands in Jesus' name. And I'm talking about people who, uh, who have formerly claimed another religion, but they have turned and confessed Christ and been filled with His Spirit and now are on their way to being disciples of Jesus. And God is getting a people together. And he loves us. And I, 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 I could go preach a whole other message. I've got to get back to where we are so we can finish uh, today 
we must also show that kind of love in this world. It's going to make a difference. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered in an upper room with his disciples to have what we refer to as the Last Supper. And in that room were men who had spent uh, the better part of three and a half years together walking with Jesus. Uh, So all the relational issues that you can have with a group of people who spend three and a half years together are present in that room. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to do this? You know, what's Jesus talking about? What's he mean somebody's going to betray him? Uh, you know, just there were all kind of things that were going on in that room. And, and uh, because it's, they're people, just like you and me. They were his disciples. They were following him, but they were just like us. And in the midst of all these things with Jesus telling them all that was about to befall them, suddenly he stands up, the master of them all, takes off his garment, girds himself with a towel, and then, despite their, some of their objections and disbelief, he begins to wash their feet and dry their feet as a servant would. And he tells them, do you understand what I'm doing? I'm showing you what I expect out of my disciples, that, uh, you know, that you would be this kind of servant to your brother, to your sister. He did this knowing that he was about to be betrayed. He knew that the one who had professed, I will die with you, was going to deny him uh, when the time of need came. And that at the very, right there in the garden, that at one point the rest of them would just be scattered and leave him by himself to face what he had to face. But in spite of knowing it, he did it anyway. You see, it's not that we just expect the worst in this life or we expect disappointments, but uh, we do have disappointments. I have a, 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 a saying on a, a picture, I had, a thing I had made up. It's in my office. I haven't hung it up yet, but it is a quote by Martin Luther King. And he said, we must expect finite disappointment, but we must never lose endless, infinite hope. And so you can uh, expect that there are things, yeah, our heart's going to be broke. We're going to have things happen. Things will, uh, you know, not turn out the way we want it to. But listen, we don't have to lose hope. The love of God will bear all things. It will endure all things. It will keep us. What do we think it means when we say he's a keeper? Well, it's his love that keeps us. It's that love and mercy. It's that goodness that he has towards us, and, and he loves us. And so uh, he knew what was coming, but he went ahead and did what was right anyway. You never stop doing what's right regardless of whatever situation you're in. You know, even when we talked about Joseph this week uh, on Wednesday night, uh, when he knew he didn't do anything to deserve being in prison, he just kept doing what was right. The Bible says that we don't overcome evil with evil, but we overcome evil with good. Not to get weary in well-doing, for if we faint not, we shall reap in due season. We're going to get the reward for doing what's right. You don't get to do what's wrong and say, well, God, I had a reason to do what's wrong. If you have the love of God and you are filled with his spirit, the Bible says that the Love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. Well, the Holy Ghost will lead you. This is what Jesus said it would do, that it would lead you into all truth. Well, that's him. He is that spirit. 
And he will never lead us in the wrong place. He's saying, listen, when you have that spirit in you, it will always lead you to do the right thing if you listen to it, if you submit to it, if you will obey it, you will always come up on the right side of the situation. Isn't that awesome? Oh, it don't happen all the time. (laughs) Well, you might as well say amen because you know. (laughs) And it don't happen all the time. But we try, we strive, we want to be better, we want to do, I don't want to ever miss the mark, yet I do. But the good thing is because of that love, it keeps you. You can go to him and confess and say, Lord, I'm sorry because he loves you. You can cast your care on him because he cares for you. And so when you do make that mistake and you do say the wrong words or you do have the wrong attitude, uh, you can get it adjusted and get it fixed and get back right and just keep going. And then you say, okay, I'm going to shoot for you know, something better this time. Where I worked in this uh, warehouse, we had a big sign as we would walk in. It would say, you know, 2,400 days without a lost time accident. And everybody's paying attention, making sure nobody's getting hurt. And then one day somebody drops a battery on their foot and breaks their foot. You know what happened? It went down to zero. Whoop. The next day we came in and said, zero days with lost time accident. Well, but then the next day you come in and said, one day, two days, and before you know it, you're back up and, you know, you just keep striving. That's what happens. Sometimes we, man, I've been, you know, I've been 50 days without letting, shooting off at the mouth and then, beep, oh, man, back down to zero. Well, you just start over and you just keep going. You say, God, I'm sorry for that. I sure didn't mean that and fix it. Then get started again. Just do it. That's, what, that's the DNA of love. That's, that's what's in us. That's, our DNA is what makes us up, makes us who we are. Your DNA is what affects the way you look, the way you act, different things. And when that DNA of God's love is in us as disciples of him, it'll bring us up on the right side of the You don't have to worry about waking up on the wrong side of the bed. You can get up on any side of the bed. You can slide off the foot of it if you want to. It don't matter. If you've got the love of God, you'll come up all right. It's, you'll, be, you'll be fine. So when Jesus uh, was headed toward that upper room, John wrote this. He said, Jesus knew that his hour was come and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. And then he says, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Boy, that's good. He loved them to the end. Everything that was in between from beginning to end, it endured, he bore it, he helped it, he corrected it, but he loved them until the end. Nowhere in there did he ever say, ah, you got close, Peter. We was at the very night right before it's all going to break down, but you denied me, so loved him to the end. And Peter got it right. Loved them all until it was over until he said it was finished. Still loves him. Loves him now. He's talking about why he was with them in the world. Of course, he never stops loving them at all. But while he was here with them, no matter the times that they rebuked him or questioned him or were faithless and loved them anyway. He was God that manifested himself in the flesh because of love. He lived as a servant because of love. And he expects the same thing out of us, his disciples. His DNA is here. When the Holy Ghost moved in, you got Holy Ghost DNA. 
So not only are you a product of your natural mother and father, you are a product of your heavenly father. That's why uh, it's the spirit of adoption. It, it, it makes us, it's not just like legal papers. This is uh, all of a sudden now there's a blood infusion. We've had actually had blood applied and his spirit living inside of us. And now we, we are the sons and daughters. The spirit itself beareth witness that we are the children of God. So it's, it, and it's the spirit of truth. So once you become his child, um, there is an expectation uh, for us to live, to uphold the image. We're made in the image of God, then we uphold that image. We're not here for reputation uh, like he was. He didn't come to make himself of a reputation, but he did come to do all that his father instructed him to do. And so I am not here to make a reputation for myself, but I am here to do all that my father has instructed me to do. And number one is love him with everything I've got. And number two is right there with it, love my neighbor as myself. That's good stuff. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, end up on the side of love. Some people that used to be saying, people say, well, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Well, I, I know, of course, they're being silly and worldly with that, but, uh, but it, it, it works good for us. I don't fight people. I just want to love people. I just want, you know, I, if they don't believe like I believe, I ain't going to fight them. Why? I, I don't have to prove nothing. I, I know what I know. I don't know it all, but I know what I know. And so I don't have to prove anything anybody i just got to love them the bible said hey oh no man anything but to love one another i just all i got to do is love them well i don't love you i don't care i have to love you you know how many people have told god i don't even believe in you i don't love you and he goes i still love you and you know what you can't stop me you can't stop me from loving you you can't stop me from praying for you you can't stop me from being good to you you can avoid, walk away, stop talking, whatever, but you can't stop what I've got inside of me. Man, when we just realize I've got the love of God, mm, the, love, the love of God is the greatest thing you'll ever experience on this, this side of heaven. The greatest or the best is what we strive to be. I want to be, uh, I've never went into anything trying to halfway do it. I want it to be the best. I don't like losing. I want to win all the time. That's the way I, 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 I did anything. When I played sports, I did not want to be on a losing team. If I was a captain and I was picking teams for kickball, I was picking the dudes that could kick it way out there because I wanted to win. I didn't care if it was unfair. I wanted all the big guys. If I was playing Red Rover, I wanted all the big guys because we was going to win. I wanted to be the best at anything I did. And when we started playing ball and I started playing softball like I did and traveling and going, I would lose my mind if we lost one game. We weren't supposed to lose. I have put dents in $200 bats because I lost my temper because we, we, we lost. Well, that's $200 right there, bro. I got to go buy another bat. Stupid. See how, what anger gets you and all that? It was just, it, it never, you know, the desire to be the greatest or the best is awesome, but if you're going to do that, then just desire to have the love of God. Because Paul said this, he said in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, 
and now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest is charity or love. If you want to be the greatest, then have the love of God. If you want to be the best you can be, then have the love of God. It, it's got to be. When it comes to being a child of God, if you're like, Lord, I want to be the best I can be for you, then pray every day, saturate me with the love of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, it's not mentioned there, but in other scripture, it all falls together. Uh, if we're praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. So there's love. But also faith worketh by love. So everything you do when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, man, you're just revving up the love of God in your life. You want to be built up on your most holy faith. Well, like, I, I got to pray in the Holy Ghost so I'll have faith to move mountains. But if you don't have love, you know why the scripture is saying pray in the Holy Ghost? Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's just pouring the love on. You're speaking in tongues, you're worshiping, you're feeling God, and it's just the love of God filling your tank up. And then now you've got this faith to, to live this life. It's, this is building yourself up. How I can be my best self. It's praying. Don't man, don't get the Holy Ghost and then never pray in tongues again. Oh, well, I got the Holy Ghost 40 years ago. I ain't spoken tongues since. Oh. How are you still alive? <laughs> I, I mean, how are you existing? You know, how how have you not just quit? Because, man, I've got to have that that love of God shed abroad in my heart so that I can be the best that I can be. It builds me up. That way, I can help the people I need to help. Right. You know, if if I don't have the Holy Ghost, how can I help people or love people or even show them what God can do? I understand people can be kind and they can be decent and be moral without without even knowing God. They can give stuff and, and do things, and uh, you know, but but you it doesn't profit anything. It doesn't mean anything if love is not there. So love is the greatest of faith, hope. It was like, oh, don't ever lose hope. Yeah, I don't want to lose hope either, but don't lose love. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I've lost my faith. Well, guess what? If you'll just get that love flowing again, it'll build you up on your most holy faith. The, the reason that the greatest is love is because none of the other things mean anything without it. You've got to have the love of God. But just like with everything else that is important in our life, we lose focus. Yeah. I need to take that ginkgo biloba, whatever it is, and some, some spiritual ginkgo biloba so you don't forget. I need to be like the Lord. I need to be. Well, see, I do it all the time. We rode around for two days with three letters in the car that I was supposed to be dropping in the mail and then I still forgot them she had to call me yesterday and say hey you want me to go mail these things I was like please they need to be mailed two days ago I said so but I drove past the post office with them sitting right there where they're supposed to go in the sun visor that's what sun visors are for holding mail don't flip them down that's aggravating leave them up they're, they're there to hold mail and other important pieces of paper but I did it. Sometimes I, I'm on my way here. I've got, I've got the, the deposit bag. I've got to stop in. The bank right there. It's 
right beside the church. I pull in. I'm going into the, about to unlock the door, and I look down on my satchel, and there's that bank bag. I'm like, back in the car. What was I thinking about? How did I, you know, but that's why I'm saying you get distracted. And we get distracted, and we forget what we're doing. You ever been riding and miss your, miss your turn, miss an off-ramp, something like that, and you're like, what was you doing? You just zone out for a few minutes, and all of a sudden, wait, where am I at? Oh, I supposed to turn three miles ago, and then you're just riding down the road. Or, you know, I've done it. I've been supposed to go to town, thinking, and it was a straight shot, but all of a sudden I'm thinking about something else, and I turn like I'm coming to church. Now, where are you going? Well, I thought I was going to church, but I was supposed to be going to Walmart. You just, you do that. Well, guess what? It, it, it transfers over sometimes. We forget that um, in discipleship, that, that more importantly than, than, uh, Anything else, I've got to love people. You know, well, you know, I did my part there. I, I paid my tithes, give my offer, and I ain't got to love nobody. Uh, that's, love must be the motivation behind it all. It's got to be. And, uh, you know, the reason that people miss or fail or things, it's like they just lose focus on things. It's, uh, you, it's got to be there. Uh, there's a book by T.F. Tenney. And he said, it's, the title of it was, The Main Thing is to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing. So, but uh, we often have trouble keeping the main thing the main thing. And love is the main thing. We can get, and it, it's not because we're just trying to be that way. It's just we lose focus. We get so focused on everything else. We're zoned in on wanting everything to be perfect. We want it to be the best. And all of a sudden, we just forget hey, I need to make sure that I'm not forgetting to love people. The main thing will always be love. That's why Jesus said this in John 13, 35, by this all men shall know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. They're not going to just know you're my disciples because of, of you preaching and because you, uh, you know, handing out cards or going to conferences or paying your tithes. That's not how people know you're my disciples. If, if people are going to know you're mine, that you have my DNA, they're going to know it when they see you acting like me and loving people to the end, loving them all the way through it. From the time you come acquainted with them, you love them until you're not. And that's what he did when he... What he was talking about, he said he loved them to the end. He, he loved them all the way until he ascended. You know, uh, while I was here with them, I loved them. Still loves them, of course, but now things are changing. They've got to love each other like I love them. I'm going to come back and dwell inside of them, and that's how I can love them is through them. And so we've got to have the same mindset that, listen, now I've got to just love people. If I want people to really know, you know, that... You love people, and they're going to ask you, man, what's up with you? You're a little different. What's happening? I don't know. Just love people. You know, why? Because Jesus loved me. So I'm trying to be like him. And then you, you get a doorway open to tell somebody about the love of God. You know, why are you so nice to people all the time? Why are you so good to people? Why are you, how come you ain't uh, cussing people out in traffic and things like that and or, you know, what, what, what's going on with you? How come you ain't wanting to throw stuff at the TV or you know, wanting to choke people at work? What's, what's up with you? I just, you just love people, man. That's just that's where it's at, you know. It's groovy. Love people. Yeah. 
Somebody said one time, it might have been Sister Everhart said one time, because oh, church people are hugging people anyway, you know, they're always hugging. She said, people going to think we're a bunch of free lovers around here. Because we're hugging people all the time. And uh, I said, well, she was, so, she, she was so proper, and I love her for it. She was so good. That my dad, she was married. Her, her brother was my dad's brother-in-law. Let me get that right. Sister Everhart's brother was married uh, to his, my dad's sister. And so he would, you know, he would hug her when she'd come in the door, and she'd go, we're family. Because <laughs> she's married. She didn't want people seeing a, some man coming up hugging her, but she, she let anybody around there know if, if there was anybody around. We're family. We're family. So sweet. But you, know, but you just love people. You just love people. Love was behind the whole plan that God had. He loved us first. He always has. He, he said, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to save us. Jesus gave him commandment. He said, listen, love one another as I have loved you, you should also love one another. You love people the way I love you. Now, brother, if you can stick to that, you're going to be good. You're going to have good success. If we can remember anything, oh, I wish I could pray like Jesus. I wish I could have faith like Jesus. Hey, okay, listen, just love people like Jesus. Love people, you're going to start seeing all kinds of miracles. Uh, these miracles happened, these healings happened, these blessings happened, these lives were changed because he loved them. It didn't have anything to do with just, with just that supernatural power. It was because he was God in the flesh, which that means he was love in the flesh. And so that's why it happened. So if you want to be your best you, you must have love. It will be the evidence of your faith every time. If you, uh, if you have faith, guess what? The evidence of that faith will be that love you have for other people. You, you've got to have that kind of faith and, and, and have that kind of love for people. So Jesus would always uh, uh, talk about this. Love was, love, love is to come before all because it bears all, believes all, hopes all. Love is the greatest. So keep love the main thing. Keep it the main thing. And you know, have you ever you know, uh, tried, so, you know, saw something on a menu? Boy, that looks good. Man, look at that. Look at this picture. Oh, my goodness. Look, I'm getting that. And, man, what did I just take a bite of? <laughs> <laughs> Could you take this back? Uh, oh, you're not hungry? Uh, no, not for that. It looked good. It sounded like it should be good. And I judged it by looking at it, but there was some evidence when I tasted it. It wasn't good. It, it wasn't good. I mean, you know, man, you... You know, you could take a, a can of dog food and, and cut it in half and put some stuff on top of it, sprinkle some cheese on it, and put fool somebody. They think, man, that looks good. And you wouldn't know why they make dog food today. But as soon as you took a bite, you'd know. Well, that's the thing. Is sometimes uh, I don't want to just look the part. I don't want people to think, well, I see him at, at church all the time. I see him posting things all the time. And, but then when they get to know you, Mmm, mmm. What happened? You know, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want that. I want to, to make sure that um, you know. Th- there's a lot of things that we need to have. Jesus actually said, "Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them." Well, the fruit of the spirit actually starts with love. Everything else flows from it. 
So he says, they're going to know you by the love you have for anybody, but they shouldn't just see you doing something. They should, they should see you, but they should, once they get to know you, it should prove who you are. It should be the evidence of the faith you have. It, it shouldn't be a mask. It shouldn't be a cover-up. It shouldn't be a popularity thing. It should be real. It, it, it should uh, actually, it should be false advertisement, switch and bait. It should be, uh, you should be inside what you say you are outside. And what you are outside, you should say, be inside. You can't have it one way or the other. Well, I, I'm going to look like I love people, but I really don't. Uh, you know, you've got to have the have it inside and outside. I mean, every so many things for being a disciple: stewardship, prayer, inward and outward holiness, witness, and all these things. But the foundational proof of any disciple is love. Yeah. Always will be. And so, uh, th- there's an old saying: you know, you got to be careful about. You know, we tell say things like this too. You know, you can't just choose. Somebody, uh, you know, you look. Well, I'm a, I need me a, I need me a man. I need me a, a, a woman. I got to have me a, somebody in my life. Oh, look at that! How fine they are. But they're so ugly inside. Somebody said, "Beauty is skin deep, but ugly goes all the way to the bone." Yeah, well, I don't want ugly going all the way to my spiritual bone. You know, uh, it's like you, you've seen them. Oh man, look at boy, you know, they look so nice and sweet. And, <laughs> woo, Tara, what happened? The honeymoon is over. Oh my, <laughs> you be careful. You better be careful. That's why, you know, when you taste and see the Lord. You're going to find one thing. He's good. Well, it, it needs to be, you know, that, that's, he's saying, you know, now you know that, listen, God's good. God is love. He's good all the time. He loves people all the time. He loves them to the end. And so um, love is what makes disciples uh, beautiful both to God and the world around them. People love precious Wonderful, godly people—people people that love people. Uh, you know, you you'll see that. You especially if you have uh, have had older saints and people in your life that were just so kind. You know, nobody in the world can say anything, you know, but how much they loved people like Sister Pledger. Anybody met her? Oh, that was she's so precious. She's so sweet. She, you know what? Because all them years, just full of the Holy Ghost. When anybody references my pastor or his wife. They talk about what a, he was so humble, he's so kind, he loved people so much, he was always so good to them, because he was, because he just had the love of God. And, and so it was not just evident to people who were in church, it was evidence to people who weren't in church. When they just met him, he, you know, we were at my, a funeral for my uncle uh, this week, and they, were, they read some statements from people who you know, wasn't around church. Like, these were business people that he dealt with over the years, while he lived there in Monroe, and everybody just talking about his love for people, his kindness toward people, it 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 gave him uh, that that stature in that community because he was just the same to everybody, no matter who they were, because he had that love of God in his life, and he just loved people. And if you was family, though, you was gonna get uh, the love of God plus a hug and a kiss and a slap. So he would he would pat you. Uh, so you just have to be careful. But he would love you and almost bruise you. 
he was strong and he would just hug you and squeeze you and and but yeah if you I told somebody the other day I said if you don't like kissing your relatives I said you don't want to be in my family I said because uh, they're gonna I said they're gonna be you're gonna have plenty of slobber on you before that day is over with when you go to them reunions but that's all right I enjoyed it growing up I love my family love my family uh, so. I want, I want this world to see God. I want them to see that love that he has because it's that love that will change them. So it's not enough just to talk about it. Love has to be put into action. When we declare faith in Christ and give our lives to him, then we're declaring our hearts are now surrendered to him. His spirit has transformed our spirit. He can't, he's the only one that can do that. Nothing else can. We cannot redeem ourselves. And once redeemed by the blood of Jesus, we are called to works of righteousness, not for justification, but because of Jesus' love in justifying us. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, said this in James 2, 26, whereas the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. To be a Christian is to live out our faith. Again, the foundation of every work must be love. Everything we do in word or deed must be done in the name of our Lord Jesus. So we represent his name, therefore we must represent his love in both word and action. Without loving words and actions, then our faith is dead. Yeah. If, if what you do, it doesn't even matter uh, if you say his name, but you don't really love, it's not going to work because his name is not a magic spell. It's the name that's above every name. But if you, you could, hey, those guys, we adjure you in the, by Jesus who Paul preaches. It didn't work. It cost them. It, it don't work. Uh, you can't just uh, use his name. Like, I can just use that name, but I don't really love. And it don't work. If you don't have love, your faith is dead. You've got to have love. So um, the supernatural and noteworthy things that we do or may do are meaningless without basic love. One of the beauties of the New Testament is the spirit birth and the supernatural power that comes with the Holy Ghost. Being born again is a highlight of our discipleship journey. And then Jesus also declared that those who believe on him would even do greater works than he did. And that's exciting for us. But if we don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. It, It won't work. Uh, when, a, when a child is born, uh, a baby is born, we celebrate it, man. We, we, we're buying it presents. We, we, you know, we just are so excited about this new child that's coming along. And then we, uh, we begin to uh, note how much, as a child grows, how much it looks like mom or dad and the things it's doing. We start celebrating all the accomplishments and the achievements and how they're growing and getting big and strong and doing that. Oh, they can run. They can do this. They can flip and flop and play football and play baseball and just, all those things. And we pour into them all kind of things and we can develop these with, develop their mind. We can develop, you know, their skills and things like that. And they can be very smart. They can be very good looking. They can be very accomplished and they can be mean as the devil. Yeah. Oh, what a great ball player. Mean as the devil. Just, whew. It was just horrible because nobody taught them to love people. They make all A's. They make the dean's list, and they hate people. Yeah, yeah. see some of these hate groups that are in the world? 
All, all them guys in them hate groups, they ain't a bunch of uneducated dummies. Some of them's very smart. They book smart. They got degrees. They, they, they're accomplished in this world, but they got no love in them. And when that love is absent, it doesn't matter how smart or accomplished we are. It don't do anything. It won't, it won't make anything work in this world, and it goes spiritually as well. Uh, we celebrate the new birth experience in, in people. We see them come into the church. They repent. They're baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're so excited. But if we don't teach them about the love of God, we're not teaching them how to really be a disciple. And then they can be, have a born-again experience and be mean as the devil. Whoops. <laughs> well, it's the truth. It's the truth. I know, I know people that, uh, well, I just but move. But there's got to be some development there. That's why these, this series on love has been so important to me and why we've just kind of just kept driving it and driving it and driving it because uh, even Peter said, hey, I know you know these things, but I'm going to stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. I'm going to remind you of these things even though you know them. And so I'm trying to remind us today, remember that, listen, we have been born again, born of water, born of the Spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, just uh, what a great thing. But if we don't learn to then be like Jesus, because you're not automatically like Jesus just because you were born again. You've got to learn. They didn't automatically become like Jesus just because he said, follow me. They had to listen to him, watch him. They, They couldn't say, okay, I'll follow you and then stay home. And then just keep doing what they were doing and say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a disciple. I never see you with him yet, but he said, follow me. Well, he says that to everybody. Follow me. That's to, that calls to every single flesh and blood person on this planet. But that doesn't mean they're going to be like him unless they uh, listen to him, unless they, you know, you know they, they need preaching in their life. They need teaching in their life. They need to read the Bible. They need prayer in their life and fasting in their life. They need to listen for the Spirit of the Lord. And so I don't, I don't want to be a born-again child of God and just mean. Now, you ain't never had a, 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 had a family member that, you know, you love your family. Oh, I love my family. I love my, I love my brother. I love my sister. Or oh, their kids. Oh. You just don't even want to see them coming. You, don't even, you want to accidentally not invite them to the birthday party and stuff because you're like, I do not want them little terrors in my house, tearing my house up, tormenting my animals, you know, missing things. Yes, because nobody teaches them. They won't correct them. They won't say nothing to them. Right. I don't want anybody to see me as a child of God. I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with him because he, I know he goes to church to look at, but when you get around him, you'll find out. I don't ever want that said about me in this life. But uh, Paul said it like this, and I'm going I'm I'm to finish up with these things that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, the first three verses. Three things, uh, three dangers that he outlines for us. He said the first danger is having the sign of receiving the Spirit, but not walking in the, in the Spirit and allowing the Spirit to develop love in us. Paul said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, as wonderful as speaking in tongues is without charity or love, it's just a bunch of noise. It don't mean nothing. 
So we can celebrate the new birth all we want, but without the growth of the Christian character of love in our life, we'd just be mean, just be regular old people. The second danger Paul outlined is equating the exercising of spiritual gifts with overall value in the kingdom of God. Because that's the way people think, well, because I can do this, I can do that, I'm valuable to the kingdom. But he said, uh, or we tend to view people with the gifts of prophecy, knowledge, miracles of faith as being spiritual elites. These are indeed powerful and very needful gifts in the body. But Paul said this, although I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. I'm not just a little something. I'm nothing. So that, that's frightening uh, and a very pointed declaration because you know, we could exhibit such faith as we could actually move a mountain, draw a crowd with our uh, spiritual gifts, but without love, we're nothing. It doesn't mean anything. And then the third danger was equating sacrifice with acceptance. Every disciple is called to be a living sacrifice. Our lives are to be marked by taking up a cross and following Jesus daily. But according to Paul, the sacrifice itself is not enough. He said, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. So you could sell everything you've got, give it all to the poor, do all these things, but if love is not the core of that, it won't profit you anything. It, don't, it doesn't mean anything at all. Great sacrifice and great works alone do not equate to the acceptance of Jesus. If it was just about works only, well, okay, but it's not. It's not just about works. It's about faith. If faith without works is dead, work without faith is dead. It don't mean nothing. They're both... It's like the spirit without the body. So if you've got a spirit that don't have a body, it don't do anything. Uh, so if we don't have faith, then we don't have love because faith worketh by love. And we're going to be built up on our most holy faith through the Holy Ghost, which sheds abroad the love of God in our heart. And so you can do all these good works, and it really won't amount to anything because love is not behind it. So love is above all. It must be at the foundation of all gifts and works of the Spirit. And then you can come on to the music. It's time for us to, to close down here. So uh, many relationships have, you know, we've got to speak the language of God's kingdom also, and that's love. Many relationships have failed due to misunderstanding of love's ultimate language. Husbands and wives have walked away from one another. Friendships have been fractured and lost. And the prevailing reason is that actions speak louder than words. Saying you love somebody is hollow if it is not followed by action. Love and action is the language of God's kingdom. John urged the church, my little children, let us not love in word and neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Love must ultimately be demonstrated in our deeds. When disciples of Jesus forgive, serve, sacrifice, and build others up, they are speaking fluently in the language of God's love and then equally, love must accompany the word of truth. It must come with a word of truth. Uh, you can stand with me. Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesians. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height. And to know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
And now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Well, the power that works in us is love. Love is what energizes faith. Faith worketh by love. Love is what drives us to, uh, or what should be driving us to reach this world, not just to make a name for our sake or for ourselves or to build some kind of mega church so that we can be on TV and people will know who we are, but it, it ought to be that we love people like God loves people. It's our DNA. That's, that's what it is. If we've got that Holy Ghost in us, that's our DNA. That's love. I want to love people in this world. So let's lift our hands and pray now. And as we're praying to receive the Word of God into our life, you know, just ask the Lord, God, baptize me all over again with that love. Let me have compassion. Let me have love and mercy toward people. Let me love as you loved. Lord, we thank you so much that we love you because you first loved us. Lord, you've said in your word that you will love us with an everlasting love. And so today, God, let us, Lord, do the same thing. Let us mirror that love to this world. Let us reflect that love with that light that we're shining, Lord. God, as we are the salt of the earth, let us salt the earth with love. Let us influence it with love. Let us season it with love. Lord, today... I know that we need you in every step. God, we're asking you to lead us and guide us by your truth. And that truth is love. Thank you for this word. Bless us with it now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? Change your life. But it won't just change your life. It'll change the life of somebody else. Thankful for it today. Thank you for being in our adult class today. Looking forward to the next service. God's going to do some great things. So let's find a place, pray for a moment, get ready for this service. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.